Welcome to the Austin Forum Upload, the podcast of the Austin Forum on technology and society. I'm Jay Boisseau, the founder and executive director of the Austin Forum on technology and society. And I'm very pleased to have a friend and colleague, Krish Lotlikar, the CEO and co-founder of Superworld with us today. Krish, thanks for joining us. Thanks so much for having me, Jay. It's always an honor and a pleasure to be here at the Austin Forum. For our listeners who did, are not aware, Krish actually presented at an in-person and live-streamed event that we had recently, but never fear if you missed it. Today, we're going to capture a lot of what he said in that event and build on it with some additional and new information, depth, and perspective from Krish. So, Krish, I wanted you to be aware, in case you weren't, that the previous podcast episode was with Aaron Riley of the Texas Immersive Institute at UT Austin, and I talked with Aaron about her views on immersive experiences and technologies, why they're important, how they help tell stories, et cetera. I'm really happy you could be here today to share your experiences out in the private sector, building production applications with these technologies. So with that, I'm going to ask you first just to describe a little bit about yourself, and then we'll get into Superworld. So why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and your background in this space? Sure. Happy to. And uh, yeah, Erin's awesome. And she's a great friend as well and love all the work that she's she's doing at uh, UT. Um, in terms of my background, um, you know, I was born in India. I grew up in Texas. So um, from Houston, I went to Rice University undergrad, uh, grad school in Illinois. Um, you know, I live as a global nomad. Um, so first and foremost, kind of want to let let the listeners know that I, I live around the world. So to give you a sense for that, my seven-year-olds lived in 27 countries already. And the reason I bring that up is, you know, the mission that we're working on at Superworld is to help people be able to participate in the world around them, whether it's here where I'm at right now, or 5,000 miles away in a place like Dubai or Bali or anywhere in the world. And so I've been you know, very passionate about this mission, but I started off my career in management consulting. I worked on Wall Street in investment banking, started off in all places in real estate investment banking and physical real estate. I use the word physical because I didn't know at the time I would one day help build the and create the virtual real estate category, but you know, life's funny that way. But I got into venture capital in New York, investing across tech and biotech for a number of years. Uh, as well as um, had a crazy idea, which was, wouldn't it be cool to start a venture capital fund in the emerging market? So I went over to Eastern Europe about 14 years ago and was able to start two venture capital funds, one in, in Ukraine called East Labs. Um, and I was also on the board of Tech Minsk, which is in Belarus. Um, we invested in a number of companies. Preply was one of the companies we invested in, which is the largest online tutoring marketplace in the world. Um, in, in Belarus, um, uh, the company that Facebook acquired that does all of the face filters for Instagram and Facebook in augmented reality was a company called MSQRD. They went through TechMinsk and got acquired by Facebook. So I had early exposure to augmented reality through that. And then after that was an early employee first biz dev at TopTal, which is a talent marketplace backed by Andreessen Horowitz. So was an early employee there, first biz dev, learned a lot about how to grow and scale a marketplace. And then prior to Superworld, I started Rogue Initiative Studios, which is a film, television, gaming, and virtual reality studio in Hollywood. My co-founder produced Call of Duty, Modern Warfare series and Ghosts. 
And my production partner is Michael Bay, the action director, is known for big action movies like Transformers, The Island, Armageddon, Pearl Harbor. And so at Rogue Initiative, what we do is build new franchises from the ground up, feature film, television, gaming, virtual reality. And what I discovered from that experience is you know, you can practically build anything in a gaming engine, Unity engine or Unreal engine. It could be a Michael Bay film or Call of Duty game or an immersive piece of content. And what happened was Pokemon Go came out about seven years ago and showed us that you could put, you know, very compelling content in real world locations. And that's when I got together with my co-founder. His name is Max Woon. We'd spend some time working together on the YouTube platform. So we have another media company in our background. But we got together and we thought, you know what? We can't build the next Pokemon Go. What if we could build a world? What if we could build a place where anyone could build anything they want, create, discover, and monetize anything anywhere in real-world locations? And that was the the vision for Superworld. That is an amazing background. I've known you for years, and I didn't know all of that. I, I can't even believe your your child at the age of seven had lived in twenty seven countries. That's that's pretty spectacular. How many languages does does your kid speak? So we have two kids, seven and four, and they speak Russian, Spanish, and English so far. So we you know want to do many more languages over the next yeah. ten years. So that's part of the the mission of of kind of getting to know the world. And I think that's going to be an important part of these uh, uh, online experiences is being able to have real-time translation when you don't know the language so that you'll still be able to communicate with a global audience. But before we get into that, I want to make sure that we start with some definitions so that our listeners all hear the rest of this podcast with an understanding of what you mean by these terms. So I'm going to ask you to define immersive experience, virtual reality, and metaverse. So let's start with immersive experiences. Sure. So immersive experiences are a combination or singularly any experiences that, again, um, you know, augment your reality. So, you know, it could be that you're moving into a totally virtual environment, and that's one side of the spectrum, which is virtual reality. Um, all the way to the other side of the spectrum, which is augmented reality, which is you're in your real surroundings and you're seeing content that's or data that's been added to your real surroundings. And in the middle of that is, you know, what's often called mixed reality, which is uh, data that's added around you that contextually also understands your surroundings and you're able to, to see that data juxtaposed with your surroundings and some kind of contextual understanding. So uh, the spectrum is usually kind of augmented reality on one side, mixed reality in the middle, and and virtual reality, which is totally a virtual uh, kind of experience on the other side of that spectrum. All right. And so you addressed both augmented yeah. reality and virtual reality. Both the immersive experience can range from one to the other and, and a hybrid of the two. How do you define metaverse? Metaverse is a term that characterizes a mix of technologies. And again, it, it could apply to one or all of these technologies, but it's usually kind of a mix of all of them. And I would consider those technologies immersive technology. So it could be AR, VR, MR, uh, Web3, um, which includes you know blockchain and sometimes cryptocurrencies, um, as well as um, artificial intelligence, 
Um, and again, uh, there's a lot of other um, kind of ways to think about the metaverse. I, I would consider IoT part of that. You know, again, um, the surroundings also being able to track you and being able to understand the context of who you are and what you want to do, and vice versa. You being able to communicate with your surroundings and and understand your surroundings. And so, you know, I think when you combine all those things, the way that I think about the metaverse is it brings together your physical life and your virtual life, which is what your kind of intent is when you talk about the metaverse. And in, in our lives, you know, there's a lot of things that we consider very physical things, whether you're going on a run or you're going to um, a sports game, um, you're going to watch a baseball game somewhere or something like that in the physical world. And then we think of other things as very digital, whether you're at home watching Netflix or you're on a Zoom call or you're on a social media network or something, those are oftentimes very digital or virtual experiences. And I think the metaverse um, is the concept of bringing together that physical part of your life and that virtual part of your life. So can you do a virtual activity um, like, you know, buy a NFT or interact with a digital asset? And can that give you a physical world benefit, maybe going to a physical event because you have bought or you own uh, a digital asset or, you know, being able to directly purchase that physical, uh, you know, piece of real estate or, or um, be able to experience a physical experience because you have a, a, a digital asset or vice versa. You do something in the physical world and you're able to um, gain some virtual benefit from that or have some virtual, um, you know, uh, externality from, from that, from that activity. So metaverse is, is a way of kind of going into life, thinking about both aspects of your life. And I think it's more of a concept as well, because, you know, all of these things are possible now. Um, but some people don't think about both of those aspects and some businesses and some individuals um, are ahead of the game and they're already kind of creating the ability to have that physical and virtual kind of benefit whenever they're doing anything either physical or virtual. You, that's I love that those definitions. Thank you for that insight for our listeners. Um, one thing that you mentioned multiple times, sometimes implicit, sometimes explicit, was the spatial the spatiality of things. I mean, augmented reality, of course, projects things onto a physical world. Virtual reality environments have some orient spatial orientation and layout and design. Um, you mentioned IoT, uh, you know. Those devices exist at spatial locations. I just read a great book called The Spatial Web. And in The Spatial Web, uh, the author included all these technologies under that moniker as opposed to the metaverse moniker and said sort of metaverse is a is a, is a way of characterizing a lot of these together. But a, a general way to describe it might be the spatialization of the web so that everything has spatial information as well as semantic information and, and other content. Do, do you agree that metaverse and, and spatial web, they, they share this uh, basis in spatiality and things having, whether it's a real spatiality or a completely artificial universe, that there's still some aspect of visual sensing in it, or at least spatial reasoning in it? 
Yeah, I, I, I love that. And um, I, I, I agree with that. I mean, don't get me wrong. It doesn't have to have spatial web. As I said, I think it's um, one piece, one technology, um, a very important one um, as a distinction from just the, the internet in general or, you know, how we think of the current web. Um, so that spatiality adds a lot of context um, in real life or virtual life because it is it does surround you in both of those mediums. Um, again, you know, AI is part of that, um, which I think it probably fits in, in, in that definition as well as, uh, and it could be web three as part of that too, as part of that spatial web. So again, you know, a lot of these things are semantics and how we kind of explain the metaverse or the spatial web, but they're all very similar terms, um, and different ways to think about the concept of bringing your physical, your virtual life, your, the spaces that we're in together and adding context to those spaces. So one of the things I wanted to ask you about was the hype cycle that seems to come around for these terms. And, you know, in the AI side, we're familiar with the term AI winters. There have been a number of AI winters. And my argument has always been, well, of course, there were AI winters. We didn't have the data and the computational power to do real AI applications. And so there were bursts of AI research creativity. But without the, being able to express that in real applications, you might have a winter for a while and then another burst of AI creativity. Now, of course, we have, you know, commodity GPUs that can do incredible number crunching for deep neural network calculations. And AI ap appears to be here to stay. In fact, for the late 20 teens, we thought it was erupting at a pretty good rate. And now since chat GPT, even more so, the exponential increase in interest in AI just continues to steepen. Um, we haven't seen that yet in the hype cycle for VR and metaverse and things like that, we see ups and downs still. In fact, one could argue here in May, 2023, it's a little bit of a down cycle in the general public awareness. What do you think is causing the cycles in metaverse and VR and AR technologies? And do you see that ending soon? Obviously in a, in a positive way, I would imagine. You know, the, the cycles, um, that are part of the AR, VR uh, technology are, you know, again, uh, as you stated, um, pretty uh, evident in, in other technologies as well, for the most part. I think that in AR, VR, one of the challenges that we've had to deal with is the um, the maturation of the technologies and what's been possible. Um, you know, I think we've we've gone through several technology inflection points over the last, uh, I would say, five years um, that have made it more interesting, and I would say five to ten years. Um, so, you know, um, we saw um, uh, AR uh, SDKs um, really start hitting the market in 2017. So, uh, AR Kit from Apple, AR Core from Google. Um, Unity, Unreal Engine um, have all kind of uh, helped help make those things really um, become a reality. Um, lots and lots of companies have been built now on both of those soft, all of those software development kits. Um, 5G technology um, has made the ability to uh, download um, these experiences on your mobile phone much more accessible or on your on your laptop screen. Um, whether it's VR or whether it's those, you know, 
uh, for content we're seeing um, in more of a gaming environment. Um, headsets um, have also matured. Um, Oculus got acquired by Facebook in 2014, I think. And um, since then, um, we've seen uh, a, a lot of uh, an evolution in, in, in those headsets with the latest, the Quest Pro. And, um, and we anticipate next month, Apple finally releasing their mixed reality headset, which I think is going to be pretty revolutionary in the market. So headset technology yeah. um, has been expanding. Um, and again, the, 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 the fact is, is all of these things are happening, um, together, um, in conjunction with what we're seeing with blockchain technology, the ability to be able to create, um, interactive, uh, elements, um, that can, um, provide, uh, digital experiences with authenticity, with transparency will now allow you to create an ecosystem within any one of these virtual environments that has its own economics. And you can have a, uh, an ROI and time spent in virtual environments because of that. Um, and so that's super interesting. And then finally, um, you know, what we're seeing with AI, generative AI, um, the ability to create 3D content or 2D content on the fly, um, you know, all of these inflection points um, on the technology side have made it a very interesting time now as we, you know, again, we're in a down cycle, I think, for the metaverse, but I think that's going to shift. For public perception of the metaverse. Exactly. Yeah. Public perception. I think it's going to shift with some of these things that are coming out. And then I would say on the sociological side with COVID and people kind of realizing that there are some benefits to being yeah. able to be remote um, and the technology is catching up um, to enable us to work more remotely. And some people enjoy that um, in addition to going into an office. Sociologically, we're getting more used to kind of these virtual environments, um, whether it's watching Netflix or playing a video game or being on a Zoom call. And so sociologically is a very big inflection point. So I think we're kind of, you know, I think we're going to be set up for a very interesting future for these technologies. Rish, you made a couple of great points that I want to make sure I'm summarizing well for our listeners. Um, I think you and I are both in agreement that technologies that are great ideas may have up and down cycles until the technologies catch up to keep them in the up part of the cycle to, you know, great ideas can't always be implemented. Sometimes they're too early, but technology exponentially moves forward. And at some point it intersects with that great idea and makes it a practical reality. And we're seeing that in AI now, but we're still perhaps uh, on the leading or bleeding edge of this for VR and metaverse technologies with headsets. I, I talked with Aaron last week and I said, I've, I've always said that uh, AR and, and VR will be real when Apple releases a headset. Now it looks like they're going to, it may not quite be the mainstream headset that I you know expect they'll have in 2025 or six or something. But I mean, hey, they made us wear little wireless earphones that look like dongles sticking out of our ears and we all love them now. They made us wear computers on our wrists and we love those now as well. So I, I agree with you. I think Apple and also Sony, I want to give Sony credit for the uh, PlayStation 5 VR headset and some others are investing in this space. And I, I think 
these hardware technologies will catch up. But you made another great point about software technologies. We need things like blockchain to be able to secure this data in a distributed environment so that we can build successful VR and mixed reality and metaverse environments. So it really is kind of a, uh, we probably don't lack for human creativity to find uses for all this. What we lack is sometimes is the technologies being usable enough for the mainstream, right? That people don't want to walk around with a bulky headset on. They don't want to walk around with a headset that only has one hour of battery life and uh, or has low resolution or something like this. So we're it seems like we're just about on the cusp. And maybe this is, I won't even call this a winter, but maybe if we did, maybe this is the last metaverse and VR winter. Maybe we're just about on the other side of that with technology keeping us in summer. What do you think about that? Yeah, you know, I think that uh, ultimately the technologies here are going to be abstracted away. So, you know, whether you're buying a ticket to an event that doubles as a digital asset that can be you know, uh, commemorative or be collected, um, and you just think of it as a a ticket to the Super Bowl that you can you know digitally showcase to your friends, and it'll be kind of like a you know a souvenir, you know, baseball card or memento or or whatever, right? And you don't think of it as a digital asset that's authenticated and transferable and sits on the blockchain. Um, and you know, you just look at the benefits of it. Or if you think of you know uh, a, a a headset that is made by Apple as now the interface where you do your work and you play video games and you do your Zoom calls and you don't really think of it as this yeah. kind of metaverse headset. I think ultimately yeah. what's going to happen is as these devices and as these technologies get into our mainstream, we're going to be thinking about you know, whether it's buying furniture or entertaining ourselves with a movie, and this is just how you look at a computer screen um, in the future, that that's going to be, I think, what we're thinking about. And that that's going to be when we, we don't really are thinking about the technology and naming it itself, but just thinking about the benefits. And that's coming pretty soon. I know we're doing some things very soon that are going to um, be out in the mainstream that aren't going to be labeled as such in those technologies, but they're going to provide you those benefits. That's how we're thinking about it. And Trish, that leads naturally into my next question. I wanted you to tell our listeners just a little bit about Super World. It's a uh, it's a really neat application and it's real. It's here today and people are in it. And so for people who may think, for listeners who may think that, you know, this metaverse and VR stuff is all hype, tell them about Superworld and what people are, what it can do now and what people are doing in it now. Sure. So Superworld is a virtual world covering Earth. It's all around us. We're in it right now. You have a world, I have a world, brands have worlds. So if I come to Austin or New York or Tokyo, anywhere in the world, you could say, Rish, why don't you check out my world? And I could walk around and you've left me things. You've left a hologram of yourself somewhere on Zilker Park telling me about your business. You've left photos and videos in different places, showing me the family trips you've gone on or products you want me to learn more about. You've left digital assets in different parts of the world that allow me to access events, 
click and access your website or buy content from you. You've personalized the real world in augmented reality. Again, I have a world, you have a world, there's an infinite number of filters on the world. And then what we've done is we've divided the surface of the earth into 64 billion virtual plots of virtual real estate, 100 meter by 100 meter, 0 0.01, 0 0.01 longitude, latitude covering earth. Each one of these blocks is a geospatial digital asset. Currently on the Polygon blockchain, which brings the price of each one to approximately about $100 unpurchased. So when you buy one of those blocks, let's say you buy a block covering Zulker Park as an example, you're able to reprice that block to whatever you want. It's your own digital asset. And as an owner of that, you benefit from all the monetization that happens there. Advertising, e-commerce, digital commerce, data analytics, gaming, decentralized finance. And so you can become a stakeholder in different parts of the earth, whether it's in Austin or New York or you know anywhere in the world. And as a stakeholder, you can create content there or anywhere else, but anything that is created and monetized on the property that you own, you benefit from that monetization. And so that's how Superworld works. And what we're finding is that, you know, a lot of people in the mainstream public, and, you know, maybe uh, many people who are listening to this podcast, you know, are very curious about these technologies, whether it's blockchain, NFTs, whether it's AR, VR, whether it's the metaverse, you know, a lot of us are very curious about how to get into these technologies, how to apply these technologies to our business or our personal life. But when they come to Superworld, they might not yet understand those concepts, but they understand where they live. They understand where they have a business. They understand places in the world they love to go on vacation or places in the world they want to go on vacation, right? They know these places in the world. And so what they do is they come to Superworld and, you know, for, again, about $100 for a city block, they buy the locations in the world that they love, that they have a connection to. And then the next thing they want to do is they ask us, how can I create an NFT, because now they have a wallet and they have some crypto and they want to get into these other technologies. How can I create AR, VR content? How can I get into DeFi? How can I market my business? How can I get into the metaverse? And so what we've effectively created at Superworld is this gateway, this gateway for the mainstream user to get into these technologies. And we want to make it as simple as possible to get into Superworld. And so we're on the web at superworldapp.com and we're on mobile, but the best way, place to find us is on the web. Go to the web, go to Superworld, find places in the world you love, and then let us know what you're interested in building. And what we're focused on right now is building out all of those use cases that our super citizens want us to build. And our focus at Superworld is to enhance your real life. It's to enable people to build a livelihood using these technologies. We call it live to earn. AI is encroaching on our lives and people are going to have to become more creative. We're all going to have to become creators. And what we want to do is provide the tools for anyone 
to be able to create, discover, and monetize anything anywhere. And then the overriding mission is how can we build a decentralized virtual world that enhances humanity? It enhances the earth. So when you buy virtual real estate, we plant trees in the real world. We've partnered with the World Bank in the Caribbean. We raised money for hurricane disaster relief. In the Amazon jungle, we had tribes create digital art in the Amazon so people could learn about deforestation that was happening. And so the idea is, can we build a virtual world that actually has a focus to enhance your real life and then collectively improve the real world? That's our mission. Rich, that is fascinating. I, you know, I was going to ask you about, is it primarily gaming or entertainment or enterprise? And it sounds like you just listed applications in all of those areas, plus betterment of society applications as well. So it sounds like in creating this uh, digital model of the earth, uh, people can do any of the above in it, interact with family and entertainment ways. People, I, I'm, I've already tempted to create an international spy hunt game in it. Um, they can uh, have their store location in Superworld, and you can visit the store in digital space that might exist in London and Paris, not Austin. But now in Superworld, you can see what that store is like. And I, and I loved your example about the rainforest. That is really fascinating. Uh, awesome you. job. Thank you. Thank um, you. I want to ask you a question. Um, you kind of are at the forefront of, of this area in terms of using it for comprehensive uses. Isn't it the case that usually these VR and metaverse success stories are driven by gaming first, and then people try to figure out how to how to leverage them for enterprise? Did you did you think about enterprise from their very beginning, or really even above that? Did you say we're not going to think about gaming versus entertainment versus enterprise versus societal cause? We're going to build a world and all those things exist in the physical world. So we're going to enable all those things from day one in a digital world. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, we, we've been we've been doing this for since 2017. So if you listen to my you know, presentations back then, you would have heard me saying the same exact thing is that we're building a world. Now, I think that there are a variety of ways to go that route. And again, you got to be focused and kind of start in, in certain categories. And so you typically see a lot of traction in this space, in the gaming space, or in particular areas of enterprise or, you know, work, work, workplace kind of, um, you know, use cases for this technology. Now, the thing that we're seeing in terms of user behavior, and we, you know, we launched this long ago and kind of wanted to see how users use this. And, you know, when we talked, when I talked to our users, um, I hear three things. So the, the first thing I hear is if I ask you, you know, where did you buy land in Superworld, you're going to be very specific. You're going to tell me a very specific set of locations, right? You might say Austin or New York or LA or you know wherever these places are in the world. Number two, you're going to give me a very, very personal connection that you have. And, and that that is a very personal story of your life. You're going to tell me about a business that you own, maybe where you went to college, where you went to high school, where your family's from, and all of those things are, you know, where you where you got married. You know, you're going to tell me these corresponding kind of stories related to these places. And most important, you're also going to tell me what you have in mind, what, why is the reason, what do you want to build there? Right. And so if you're, 
if you're a, a, a performer or a musician or an artist, you want to create a show or you want to sell artwork. If you're an educator, you want to create an educational experience. If you're a commercial real estate owner, you want to build a digital twin of your property. You want to bring people to your physical property by adding AR content there. If you're into the gaming space, you might want to build a game, right? And so what we found is, is that our virtual real estate owners are actually coming to us with these use cases. And what we've done is we've prioritized those use cases. And so the first use case that we're we're kind of prioritizing is events. And so we've added events onto the Superworld map, either in real life events like the Austin Forum that takes place in real life, as well as hybrid events. And Austin Forum would fit that definition as well. So we, you know, we had the Austin Forum on the Superworld map last month. We had Consensus, which is a, a big Web3 conference in Austin a couple of weeks ago. Um, we just last week we had events in Istanbul, the Miami Bitcoin conference, and a conference in Paris, all on Superworld. And those are IRL events that people can RSVP to. But what's coming very soon is the opportunity to buy tickets to all kinds of events. So I'll give you an example. If you go to New York City and you, you know, buy a ticket to the Knicks game and you you buy tickets at Madison Square Garden. And where I go and buy tickets there, and Jay, you own the area of Superworld that encompasses um, that zone of of area where where I bought bought tickets. In this case, Madison Square Garden. Um, you're going to benefit from those ticket sales and all the commerce that happens in that area related to the Knicks game. So if I go as an attendee to that Knicks game and I sell digital collectibles there that are related to memorabilia that I own for the Knicks and I'm selling them as an example, now you benefit from that as well. So again, events is kind of a first area category, and that's going to be IRL in real life events as well as virtual events. So you can create virtual events anywhere. We can help the Austin Forum monetize at the Central Library or anywhere else the Austin Forum wants to create events anywhere in the world. Rich, I'm definitely going to take you up on that soon for the Austin Forum. Uh, I would love yeah. to hold an event in Superworld for the Austin Forum. But um, now I, I want to close uh, our podcast today for our listeners with your sort of quick advice for them as individuals for them as business leaders and for their companies and potentially as innovators. So what's your what's your takeaway recommendation for the individuals listening to this podcast now? So, you know, I think individuals um, that are interested in these technologies, whether you're a builder or you're able, you're interested in, um, you know, getting involved in these technologies, um, you know, I think the, the thing I recommend is to jump in. We're very early and, um, you know, whether it's immersive tech or web three or AI, it's a really great time to, to get involved. Um, and you know, it's a, it's a step-by-step -step iterative process and, you know, you'll be surprised how quickly you'll become, um, a, a very well versed if you just take the take the first step. So I highly recommend um, to to jump in and try to learn and 
try to play with these technologies. I, I, I think we're building Superworld in a way for anyone who's interested to get involved really easy. That's our goal. Um, and you can get involved by creating or buying real estate or any way. There's, there's lots of ways to get involved. That sounds great for everybody listening. Now, in the context of business leaders and businesses, any difference in that advice for them? So business leaders and businesses, you obviously, you know, have a direct application potentially that you're already working on either your own business or um, you're within a, um, within an organization. Um, And, you know, I think that uh, thinking about the goals of your organization, the goals of your business, and the ways that you can apply this technology to what you're trying to accomplish is a good way of starting. Um, I am, again, we're super open at Superworld to, to talk to um, business leaders to um, help us figure out what products we should be building. Um, so again, I invite you definitely get in touch with us, get in touch with me. I'm super accessible on on LinkedIn. Um, and if you do have a certain business or a certain business application that you're thinking about, um, the beauty of this technology is it's so versatile, whether you're talking about immersive tech, which, you know, it's limitless what you can create. Web3, similarly, you can create almost anything, and that's the power of it. And AI, you know, on the fly, you can create anything, and all of them combined is just so dramatically powerful. So, you know, I, I think the, 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 there is no limit to what can be done, and I'd be... Um, very excited to partner with any business or business leader that wants to jump in here. So, you know, definitely reach out if you have ideas or want to get in. Great. And the third recommendation group is for innovators. What about our listeners who are tech professionals, very savvy, uh, quickly learn new technologies? Where might they be able to contribute to the acceleration of this space? Yeah. I mean, I think that, um, you know, the innovation that's going on in every one of these categories uh, is very rapid. So, you know, we we see with um, the hardware and the software and the immersive space, um, there's so many different um, areas of, of development there that are happening and very excited for what Apple's going to do. I think there's going to be a whole developer ecosystem that's going to sprout really soon around, around that hardware. Um, AI, I think we all know, is, is also rapidly um, expanding. So there, there's some real opportunities there to add value to this ecosystem using those tools. Um, and the same would be said about Web3. There's just so the, each one of these three areas has so many opportunities for innovation. So innovators, again, um, you know, it, it's a really uh, great time to, to jump into any one or all three of these technologies. And again, contact me. I'd love to, to work alongside any, anyone who's looking to build here. Rich, I can't thank you enough for all of your time and expertise sharing this with our listeners today. I'm super excited to promote this podcast in the next week or so after we get it processed. And I hope that you'll help us share it with lots of people. We we talked a little earlier about we're maybe in a perception down cycle in these technologies, but the technologies themselves are moving forward. You are a leader in this space and demonstrating that it has value now. And, and I agree. I think that the uh, the corner will be turned here very shortly with some new technologies entering the marketplace, uh, reaching new capability levels, et cetera. And I think it's a really bright future for immersive experiences overall, including 
AR, VR, metaverse approaches, et cetera. So thank you for sharing all this with us today. Thanks so much, Jay. It's always a pleasure and honor to speak with you and your audience at the Austin Forum. And, you know, I'm uh, looking forward to to being in touch as we continue to develop and grow. And thanks again for all that you do to educate the community. Well, thank you, Rish. We're, we're just appreciative that you're a friend of the forum and that we can always call on you to share your expertise. Thanks a lot for joining us. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Austin Forum Upload. You can listen to additional episodes and check out a schedule of our monthly in-person events at austinforum.org. The Upload is a production of the Austin Forum on Technology and Society, a nonprofit organization here in Austin, Texas.